Welcome to Flowing East and West, the perfectly imperfect journey to a fulfilled life. I'm Sherry Essig, an executive and life coach, and I work with people who are done settling for less than success and happiness. And I'm Ann Roby, an HR executive and consultant focused on building strong employee engagement and meaningful company culture. So Sherry, as you know, I have for years sought out wisdom workers, folks that have, I feel that are tapped into other knowledge that I may not, I may not have. And, you know, I've seen astrologists, I've seen tarot readers, I've seen mediums. I just find it really interesting as a way to sort of enhance my, what tends to be very Western sort of thinking brain. And for years, I've told you about this. I've shared some of my experiences and you very politely listen and kind of nodded, nodded your head. And I get all excited and I'd start working towards something, some little insight I'd gotten from somebody. And, you know, you, you always sort of humored me, but I always got the sense that this wasn't really a path for you or wasn't something that you were terribly interested in pursuing. And so I was really surprised when I think, I don't know, a year or so ago, maybe a little bit more, you told me you were going to see an astrologist. And I was like, wow, I want to hear more. So tell us a little bit about how you got to that point. So it was a combination of a medical issue and a crazy coincidence. I had a foot injury that started about 19 months ago and nobody could figure out what was going on. It was getting worse and worse. I was in all kinds of pain. I'd seen four foot doctors, an acupuncturist, a physical therapist, a neurologist, and nothing anybody was telling me made sense. They all had different ideas. One person wanted to do surgery, but couldn't really explain what was going on. One person wanted to kill a nerve in my foot, and I was getting more and more and more stressed. And so I got into my head that, you know, maybe an astrologer could help shine light on another place to look, or they might just be able to see things in a little bit of a different way. And so I started asking around, because I have a lot of friends who work with astrologers and do a lot of the things you do, Anne. And one person said, well, I have a really good astrologer, but he's a little creepy. And I'm like, no, thank you. Creepy's not good. (laughs) He's not good. And another friend had an astrologer that sounded like they had just started like two weeks ago. And (laughs) I I took this great online class and now I'm I'm official. And and just nothing was resonating with me. And so after asking around for about a month, I just, I gave up on the idea, right? I just was like, I guess this isn't, this isn't what's supposed to be next on my path. And then I was having dinner with a friend, and this is where the crazy coincidence happened. And it is the last friend I would have thought to ask about an astrologer. And first thing she says to me is, well, I'm doing something out of character on Monday. I'm doing a reading with an astrologer. And I said, well, that is crazy because I had been looking for an astrologer. I'd given up. If this is somebody that's good enough for you, she's good enough for me. I need her information. She gave me her information. And I came home, got on her website. There was an appointment open in a couple of days and then nothing else for two months. And so I booked it. Didn't need to know anything else. This was like, okay, this person has fallen out of the sky into my lap. No pun intended there, kind of. And when we got on the phone, the first thing she said to me was, I have no idea what this appointment was doing open on my calendar. My calendar was supposed to be blocked out for two months. And so I did a reading with her. It knocked my socks off. And I then shared the information with you, Anne. 
which of course, because it's me, I'm like, well, I immediately have to talk to this person as well. <laughs> and, and then I uh, worked really hard to do the same thing to get on this astrologist calendar. And it took me a little bit longer, but man, when I finally got on Leslie's calendar, the reading we had was just fantastic. And I remember specifically Leslie telling me something about there was something hard and difficult that had happened previously in my life. And and here's the deal. I had pushed that thing so far down. It took me probably another couple months to figure out what the heck she was talking about. And so I booked another reading and I said, oh my God, that thing that you were trying to remind me of, I remember what it is now. And so we talked about that a bit and it really helped me clear up some things from my past the other thing is I just had a reading this week with the fabulous Leslie that all of our listeners are going to get to meet here in a moment. And good news, Sherry, it's a, looking like a great year for me. So I, it was a great reading I had earlier this week, and I'm super, super excited to introduce Leslie McGuirk. And I'm actually, instead of trying to tell her story for her, I'm going to invite you, Leslie, if you could, to just introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to do the cool stuff you're doing now. Yes, well, it is an unusual journey for sure because I never wanted to be an astrologer. And at one point, I thought about calling myself the reluctant astrologer. I went to an astrologer when I was 19. My mom had a friend whose daughter was an astrologer in New York City, and she had heard her give a lecture. And where I grew up, you know, my dad worked for the telephone company. I lived in suburbia. There was not an astrologer or an artist or anybody unusual in our entire world. And I knew nothing about all of this, but my mother made this appointment and I went 19 years old and this woman knew more about me than I knew about myself. And she completely redirected my life. She said, you are incredibly creative. What are you doing? And I said, nothing. I was always told I didn't have a creative bone in my body. She said, well, they're all wrong. You're immensely creative. You're gonna become very well known for your art and your writing. You gotta get busy. I had just transferred from Bowdoin College to Sarah Lawrence. She said, thank God, it's a very creative school. You're gonna do well there. She said, you're gonna meet famous male artists. You're gonna become famous overseas. You've gotta do all these amazing things. But in order to achieve this incredible life, you have to stay on this extremely narrow path. No drugs, no alcohol. You have to be really pure and clean. And she said, eventually you're going to study more with astrology and you're a healer and a teacher. And here I am 19 years old, felt like pretty worthless at the time. Hmm. I decided her vision of me sounded better than what I was headed for. And every single thing she said came true. I've written and illustrated 20 children's picture books. I've sold 2 million copies around the world. I have no training in art. I'm completely self-taught and my children's books were rejected for 13 years. One of my books was rejected over 150 times and I've done a TEDx talk in Hollywood, California at UCLA called The Importance of Being Wrong. And if anyone wants to watch that, it's about 10 minutes long. That really explains my entire life up until becoming an astrologer. So I studied astrology from age 19. So it's been over 40 years studying this esoteric science, and it is a science. It is not fortune telling. I would say 90% of the astrologers out there are doing something very, very different from what I'm doing. They tend to do sun sign astrology. Everyone knows their sun sign. And I'm not really inter interested in that because it's not useful to me. It's not deep enough. And if I'm not going to be useful, 
I really don't find it to be anything more than entertaining when you practice sun sign astrology. So those horoscopes that you see in magazines or newspapers, that's not what I do. So I'm working a lot with doctors because I can see things that doctors can't see. And what I'm looking at is your owner's manual. So it has no power over you except for as a guideline for the best way to live your life. But you're in charge. You're the one driving the car. That owner's manual that's in your car glove compartment, you tend to only look at it if you have a problem. And that is pretty accurate for astrology as well. When you have a problem, you'll turn to an astrologer, try to get some guidance. But I, I'd never wanted to be an astrologer. I was writing and illustrating children's books. I've been a, a famous designer in Japan. I worked for Takashimaya for 11 years, which is like the Neiman Marcus of Japan. Everything that astrologer said came true. She said, you're gonna become famous overseas. Well, they made over 1,500 products with my designs on them. A lot of people don't realize I have this entire history as an artist and a writer. Now I'm known as an astrologer, but one reason I'm a good astrologer is because I'm an artist and I know how to see patterns and I know how to explain things. Children's books are very simple, complicated. Astrology is incredibly complicated and I figured out a simple way to teach it. That's my new obsession is teaching people how to read charts because I want people to have this tool in their toolbox so when things get difficult, they have a language and a way to help themselves find the place of flow. I actually call astrology the language of compassion because it, in the most beautiful way, describes our human design and I always use animals as metaphors, like you would not get mad at a giraffe for having a long, a long neck. That's the way it was created. But if, if a giraffe lives with a bunch of mice, it's going to be a very uncomfortable existence because the mice are always going to want him to be just like them. And it just doesn't fit. But neither one is wrong. The giraffe is fine the way they are and the mice are fine the way they are. It's just where can you find your flow? So I grew up in a family where I was definitely different than everyone else. And this astrologer helped me be at peace with the way I knew internally that I actually was. So I have a question for you, Sherry. So with the foot thing, cause I don't remember, we talked like over a year ago, you came to me with a foot issue. Do you remember what I said to you about your foot? I, I remember vague things, but I, did I actually help figure out a, a pathway for you? I'm going to say yes. Well, the first thing you said to me was, I'm looking at your chart and this is going to clear out in five months. And I do remember my reaction was five months because at that point it had already been like six months. And you're like, I know it's it seems like a long time, but it's not. It's really not going to be that long. And there's no reason it's going to hang around. So five months came and went and it wasn't gone and I'm very literal. And so I sent you an email and said, <laughs> so how precise is the five months? And, <laughs> and you emailed back and said, you know, I'm not a fortune teller. Like these are general ranges, but it's going to clear out. I'm confident. I'm sticking by what I said. Well, I did another reading with you a few months later. And at this point, I'd had MRIs, I'd had x-rays. It really wasn't improving. And what you said to me was, the only reason it's not improving is that no one has figured out what's wrong. And the minute you find somebody who figures out what's wrong, it's going to start to get better. And that was so crazy accurate because four months ago, I went to my fifth foot doctor. He is the only one who saw something on the MRI. He said to me, here's what's going on. Here's what you need to do. And within 48 hours, my foot started getting better. 
And where you really, really helped me was really hanging on to this determination that I am going to figure this out because once I figure it out and once I find someone who can help me figure this out, it's going to get better. And I will just say, like my sister was going berserk through all of this. She's like, you can't see an astrologer. You need to find another doctor. That's right. right? She's like, I'm so worried about you. And everybody was worried because it just kept getting worse. Well, and it's also was so out of character as well. Exactly. It's so out of character for me. You gave me, I won't say full peace of mind because I was still worried, but you're so grounded in the way you talk about these things that it just gave me something to hang on to. And it did not in any way, shape, or form get me to like stop looking for a medical solution. So you know what's so interesting about what you just shared though, Sherry, is the fact that Leslie really gave you this peace of mind. And Leslie, it kind of is reflective of the astrologer that you saw at 19, that you thought your life wasn't going so well. And she sort of gave you peace of mind. And your journey is so interesting to have started in children's books and illustrations, especially because I, I went back and listened to your TED Talk to prepare for today. And there was a story about, I think it was Miss Pritchard and what she had told you about your creative, your ability to be creative. And I'd love to hear how you kind of, that's the twists and turns of our journeys, right? So how you moved from what Miss Pritchard said to you to kind of where you are now. I'm super curious about that. Every single thing in my life that has been good has been something that someone tried to destroy in me. It's a very curious thing that oftentimes the parts of our soul and the parts of our personality where we have the biggest gifts are where people say, well, you can't do that. And even with your foot, Sherry, well, you know, you should do this, you should do that. It's like, there comes a point where following astrology, where it it is a very grounded thing. If you've kind of, I saw that you're not going to have this permanent destroy your life you were going to be okay I was very confident in that that's where astrology I say it's the language of compassion not only for your personal wiring system but also to tell you that down the road you're going to be okay everyone's always going to be okay but my job is to figure out how can we get you there in the simplest fastest easiest way so when I said five months it was probably I knew before five months the odds of you finding the person who was going to figure it out were probably not that likely But then once that weather pattern shifted, you then had the opening to to start getting better. And you didn't give up. I mean, this is, again, you have free will. I can't cure anybody. All I can do is I'm like a diagnostic person. You bring your car into my shop, and I see things that a doctor can't see. And one reason why I'm working with so many doctors right now, they're on to what I'm doing, because when they have cases like your foot, Sherry, that they cannot figure out, they have to get a different perspective. And it used to be that you couldn't get a medical license unless you knew how to read a chart. And every doctor takes the Hippocratic Oath. And in the time of Hippocrates, he literally said, any man who studies medicine and doesn't know how to read a chart is not a doctor, but a fool. Well, they took off, you can Google it, they took off part of the Hippocratic Oath, which basically required doctors to understand an astrology chart. And I'm working with a doctor in California who knows how to read charts a little bit, and he consults with me at times. And I'm working with Dr. Pat Hopkins at the head of the Greater Boston Functional Medicine Group. She's a Western-trained doctor, a rheumatologist, and she has seen what I can do for her patients and for her family. I can see things basically about trauma, your history, and your personality. 
I am not a medical doctor, but I can see patterns. And there was another doctor that I'm working with who sent me one of his patients who for six years, he could not figure out why she was in chronic pain. I did one session with her for one hour and I actually diagnosed her with something called tension myositis syndrome. And the reason I know about it is because I have it. And I saw that she was a classic poster child for this condition. Sure enough, as soon as we diagnosed her with that, she was off and running. And that's the thing, Sherry, with your foot. You can't take no for an answer with your health or with anything. I mean, how many rejections did I get from my children's books? 13 years worth. Okay. I didn't say no and give up because that astrologer said I was gonna be famous for my books. And I knew that in my heart, I was right. And I knew also that I was talented because when I would go to editors, this was back in like the 80s and 90s when you could actually visit an editor in New York City, they would turn the pages of my books and get really angry at me. Well, you can't do this and you don't know how to draw. You should go to art school and you have no idea what children like. The fact that I made them so angry meant that I was actually doing something right because if I really wasn't talented, I wouldn't have provoked this, this energy and this mm anger but the problem is is that people are afraid of creativity because to be creative means you're doing something that's never been done before so to be truly creative which my books are every one of them you've never seen anything like them they are creative and they're original and it's why children love them and why i've sold two million copies all of those people were completely wrong just like doctors if they're wrong, you need to move on. It doesn't mean they're bad people, but there's always a solution. Our bodies are designed to heal. But if you don't know what you're dealing with, you can't get there. So where you were really helpful for me, Leslie, or another way in which you were really helpful for me is, I mean, my personality is if something's not making sense to me, like I can become just very focused on, I'm not giving up until this makes sense. I have a lot of confidence in my ability to put things into a logical framework. It's why I refuse to do surgery. It's why I refuse to have somebody kill a nerve in my foot is because it just didn't make any sense to me. But it was also really, really helpful to hear somebody else looking at it through another lens say, you haven't found the right person to diagnose it. And that's what made such a difference. It wasn't that you were trying to diagnose this or you were trying to tell me what to do as much as it very much validated, I'm not giving up because somebody will be able to tell me what's going on. Perfect. And that's true for many, many people. So there are a lot of suffering people right now. There's depression, there's anxiety, there's problems with relationships. The way that astrology is so brilliant working with medical professionals. I work with a lot of psychotherapists and social workers, people like that, because when there's emotional trauma or physical trauma, the chart will indicate where it started and, and also how to rebalance. So we're, we're like cars. And if I see you have a flat tire, I know what we need to do to get you back up and running. It's an incredible tool. And I'm so thrilled to be talking to you guys about it so that everyone out there can realize that astrology is basically human design and it's not fortune telling. We are born with a blueprint. We are born with basically a piece of music. Music is invisible. Astrology is invisible. It's a, a pattern of where all the planets were at the moment of birth. It's sacred geometry. If you want to understand the universe, 
Tesla said, you have to realize it's all about vibrations, frequencies, and that's what music is as well. So the idea that our brain is 70% water and the moon regulates every body of water on the earth, this brain of ours is filled with electrical neurons and little synapses and we get programmed, I believe, and I'm calling it now astral plasticity, which is similar to neuroplasticity. And I've got about three neurologists who were in my last class and they're on to me because they realize that I can do something. I can basically see the pattern of your brain, how you think, how you work. And then like neuroplasticity, you can break the patterns of your brain. Children are very open and adults get tighter you're supposed to, as you get older, learn new languages, test yourself, break those patterns. And the same is true for your astrology chart. Most people don't realize that I believe you're born to break all the patterns in your astrology chart as well. Wherever there's a difficulty, it doesn't mean you're supposed to stay stuck there. I always say, take scissors, let's cut that red line, the part where there's tension. So for example, in my chart, I have the aspect for depression. It's not something I would have chosen. I don't like having it. It's something I inherited from my mother and my mother's side of the family. It doesn't mean I have to be depressed. I have to watch it. I know that I could go that route. But as long as you know you have a tendency, like your car may have a tendency to pull to the right, you have to get it realigned. We're just like that. We have a choice. And our choice is always to play our piece of music at the most beautiful way possible and not get stuck in like the drum beats and the cymbals. We need them. Those are what the tough things in the chart are. They're more angular, but they're not negative. So we should never get upset about things because there's always a reason for everything. So even this foot thing that you've got, Sherry, I am sure because of what you went through, you will be able to help more people. So now you're going to be the, the healer because that experience totally changed your life. I agree. I, I very much hold the view that whatever experience I'm going through or whatever experience any of us are going through, there is something to be learned. There is growth to be had. You know, I often will say, both to myself and to my clients, sometimes gifts come wrapped in really, really ugly wrapping paper, right? But there's always something something there. Yeah. Something to be learned, right? Something to, so sometimes these really difficult times in our life, it's, it's really to point us in the direction of something we need to pay attention to. And like Leslie was just saying, it also sort of then creates the opportunity for you to turn it around to something else. Right. Right. And I'm so fascinated by your talking about this astroplasticity and comparing it to neuroplasticity, because I know when I started learning about neuroplasticity, probably about 12 years ago, it really had an impact on the work I do with my clients. And I think you as well of this idea that this is how we change our patterns. This is how we change our thought patterns. This is how we change our behavioral patterns is by creating new neural pathways. And so it's really interesting to hear you talk about astrology, having some of those same properties. It absolutely does. There's a definite fact that I will say, and I don't totally understand why, but I am 95% accurate with reading people's charts. So how could I be doing that if this wasn't scientific at some level? That's right. But it's an esoteric science. So it's a lot like acupuncture. So acupuncture works, but 50 years ago, people thought it was crazy. Think about acupuncture. You're putting tiny little needles in someone's foot because it's gonna help their shoulder or whatever the meridian point is. 
Is that any more bizarre than thinking that astrology has some medical benefits, that those planets are giving off frequencies? You can measure the effects of Pluto on Earth. That's a scientific fact. There are things in the sky that move and they give off energy and frequencies, and we are imprinted with various frequencies of all of the cosmic system. And for us to think that we're not part of something bigger than just this terrestrial life we live on, one of the things that the virus did is it got us from our horizontal viewpoint of the world and it instantly shifted us overnight into the vertical axis where we were completely lost. And now we're like, what the heck is going on? But we have to be more integrated with above and below. We were living in a horizontal framework, even with medicine, those doctors that you saw, they were just like, oh, we'll, we'll give you drugs or we'll do surgery. That's a very horizontal approach. You went vertical the minute you called me. And by going vertical, you're able to have a different kind of viewpoint. And it's much more integrative when you do that. And a, an astrologer can see things that you can't see with the normal horizontal framework. I love the thought of the plasticity, the astroplasticity. And so other than pointing out and realizing that we might have some habits or patterns that were sort of built in from the beginning, are there other things that we can do to increase our astral plasticity? It's hard to say. <laughs> so basically, we have some DNA programming that some of us are fighting against. So some of us have alcoholism through our family. I can tell if a person carries the aspect for alcoholism, and I can tell if it came from the mother or the father's side of the family. So in the world of astral plasticity, when we see that, my job is to give my client homework and things to do to make sure you break that pattern. Mm -hmm. Hardwired with it doesn't mean you have to stay stuck there. And that's what I love about astrology. It's a fluid system. It's not like, oh my God, you're gonna have this happen. And when astrologers do that, it's incredibly dangerous. It's why astrology's gotten a bad name because when used incorrectly, because astrology is incredibly powerful, but it's like a knife. If you use it well, you can cut meat or cut a piece of bread, but if used badly, you can really hurt someone. And I've got people who, you know, I've witnessed them or, or heard stories of astrologers saying, well, you'll never get, get married because you have Saturn in the seventh house. And this poor woman, you know, she was 30 years old when she heard that. And once an astrologer says something to you, it goes deep, deep in because most of the stuff they're going to say is going to be accurate. And then they can come out with one crazy sentence like that and do a ton of damage. So I am extremely careful with my words. I want everyone to know that there's always a way out and that there's never anything that's going to you know, sink you unless you let it. One of the things that made me so receptive to our conversation within, well, I was already receptive. I wouldn't have set the appointment if I wasn't. But within minutes of our conversation, you said, I'm not a fortune teller and you have free will. And it was the way you talk about free will that I find so incredibly powerful that here's this information, but it's not preordained. And it's completely intertwined with the choices that we each make and what we decide to do with the information. I really love that my first experience with an astrologer started out with somebody like saying, and ultimately you have free will. So you will influence these outcomes. Right. And that's extremely important that people realize that. And you are the one driving the car. Mm -hmm. But the only piece where you could 
say there's a little bit of predictive stuff happening, which is what happened to me when I was 19, is that if I see that you are a greyhound, I'm going to suggest that you get on the track because you're designed to run fast. If you're a basset hound, you're not gonna do that well on the racetrack. So that is predictive. The basset hound will lose against the greyhound. If you're a Ferrari, you know, you're not gonna be real happy if you keep it locked up in the garage all the time. It's not what it was designed for. So we all came in with unbelievable, beautiful gifts. Or think of it like music. Is rap music good? Is classical music bad? They're just different. But you wanna play your piece of music the best way possible. So I'm like an orchestra conductor. I can't touch any of those instruments. All I can do is say, the violin is screeching and the drums are too loud. We need to recalibrate you because otherwise you're gonna be all lopsided. And think of how incredibly useful that is to have an hour reading with an astrologer who gives you something that will last your entire life. It is absolutely fantastic and such a huge gift. And I, I loved earlier you were talking about how a reading can just be a different perspective on things, right? And that's really what this podcast is focused on, right? It's purposely called Flowing East and West. And there's Western ideas of things, your doctors, for instance, and more Eastern, to use a broad term, ways of looking at things. And so I really appreciate you using or you referencing astrology as an opportunity to see a different perspective. And that kind of makes me think about your own journey and the points along the way where maybe you thought I should be going down this path, but then all of a sudden you were introduced to a different way. And I'm just curious, you know, often when we're in those situations, it feels really dire and dark and heavy. And then sometimes we look back and it's like, wow, what a gift that actually was. And I'm curious if you've had some of those experiences along your journey. Many, 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 many where I've been like, dropped to my knees just like with fear and agony and and frustration and i always used astrology to calm myself down because i would see i know that i do not have an easy chart so i have remember that astrologer said you have a very tiny little pathway but one of the things that i have in my chart is the planet of death and rebirth in the first house of who i am and what that means is i was born with like a nuclear power plant attached to my back And it's the great artist, the great healer, the great teacher. So I thought as being an artist, I was helping the world. But when 2008 came around, the publishing world pretty much sank. And here I was, I had never had a normal job in my life. I'd been self-employed since I was 23. All of a sudden I realized, you know what? I'm no longer selling as many books as I used to. And my Japanese contract ended and I was like, oh my God. I I don't have any way to make a living because I don't even own a resume. What am I going to do? And I looked at my chart and I'm like, Pluto in the first house, I'm an instrument. I'm supposed to let something come through me, which art does. It comes through you. And I also knew I was an astrologer and I didn't really want to do astrology because I was all about drawing puppy dogs and kitty cats. And (laughs) all of a sudden I'm like, astrology oh my god you mean i'd have to work with people and look at rape and incest and drug abuse and horrible things and i thought please god no i do not want to do this and i remember i was in my living room at the time and i thought all right i get it if you if i don't do what pluto wants me to do in the chart which is true for all of us i am an instrument and i got the feeling that the universe was saying 
adios, Leslie, no more art and writing. We're taking you to graduate school. You are now gonna do the highest version of your musical score and you are gonna help people and heal people using astrology. And I went kicking and screaming, but I literally said, I, I, got, I remember where I was the minute I said it out loud. I said, all right, God, if you want me to do this, fine. But Love I'm it. not going to have a business card. I am not going to have a website. <laughs> tell anybody that I'm doing this, but if you want me to do it, you make it happen. Because obviously you have bigger plans for me than I do. And within a day or two, I started to get clients and then I had people wanting me to teach them astrology. It was weird. It was like the minute I let go and I just said, all right, I'm an instrument. Use me. What do you want me to do? And I have never looked for a client since then. I was just on Coast to Coast Radio two nights ago. And right now I am booked into August with clients and it's unbelievable. So what I said there was like, I am not going to look for clients ever. You bring them to me. And that is the most important thing I want to tell people when you're going to a healer, like there are tons of doctors out there, but there are very few people who are healers. There are tons of artists out there. But there are very few people who have the gift. The people who have the gift don't go looking for attention or for people to follow them. When you're doing what you're in flow to do, everything works out. I often use Jesus as an example. Because you think about if he had a marketing team telling him, well, this is what you to get followers. He just was himself. And when we as humans can be the highest version of ourselves, guess what? Everything goes into alignment. But a lot of us have no idea who we are. We don't know where our gifts are. And it's because a lot of us are giraffes living in families with mice and the family doesn't like it that you stick out. So an astrologer is going to be the best person to tell you exactly what you are, exactly what you need to do. And then life gets easier. Otherwise, it's hard. For sure. And I love this gift that you have and that you are sharing with others that just provides that alternate perspective, right? Because to your point, when you are on your knees and thinking your world is falling apart, you need that that opportunity to see things in a different way. And I think that this is absolutely one of those things that can definitely help. There's a very direct way that your gifts have impacted this podcast. I did a reading with you, Leslie, I want to say a couple months after Anne and I started working on the podcast. And one of the things you said to me was, here's the most important thing you guys need to do in this podcast. And that is you need to make sure you are not trying to be super careful. <laughs> yep. Right. And it was just an interesting moment because I definitely have a tendency to be careful. Although what careful looks like for me today is much different than what careful looked like for me 20 years ago, but I still have that tendency to be a little careful. And and you have it a little bit, but not as much as I do. That's right. I mean, I'm more of a jump in the deep end and figure it out later person. Exactly. <laughs> but that really had an impact. I, I remember saying to Anne, okay, Leslie said, we need to not be careful on this podcast, right? We need to not worry that we're going to say something and somebody's going to be a little offended or somebody's not going to like something we said or that it's going to sound too weird or too kooky. And so it's just, it's very fun having you here today, like knowing that that very much has directly impacted the way we are approaching this podcast. It's huge for everyone, and it takes a tremendous amount of courage to be yourself. Yes, 
And it's so hard. So hard because we want to figure stuff out and be, but that's why I gave that Jesus example. It's like figuring out a marketing plan. How are we going to do this podcast? What are we going to do? When you're in that place, you're not in flow. You have to just know that you've got something you want to share, that you are in service to something bigger than you. And when you come from that place, people show up. The podcast will do well. When you try to use your logical mind to create art, it's going to be bad. It may be technically great. Listen, guys, there are plenty of technicians out there. There are astrologers who are far better technical astrologers than I will ever be. But I know that I'm an intuitive astrologer and I play music in a way that nobody else can touch. So it's different. And that's where I, I want people to go to that place. I want people to get out of their heads, stop thinking so much, let things happen, allow your natural gifts to take over. It's hard if you don't have coaches or people like you guys with this podcast, reminding people of this because who's out there talking about this? Not many people. That's right. And you have given so much great advice to both Sherry and myself, to lots of other people. And we're, we're sort of nearing the end here, but I, I'm really curious if you could go back and give yourself some advice, maybe before you saw that astrology when you were 19, when you were just a youngster perhaps, and have a conversation with your younger self, what, what might you say? I would have said it's going to be okay because I, I didn't feel like it was ever going to be okay. Mm. So just I would say... I was talking to that 19-year-old girl, teenager, I would have said, just follow your bliss, as Joseph Campbell said, and you're, you're going to get all the things you've ever wanted, and it's all going to be beautiful and okay. And I didn't really feel that at the time. I wanted to believe it, but I didn't feel it inside. You, Leslie, I think one of your really big messages that's coming out here today is to everyone to own your gifts. Don't be embarrassed by your gifts. And I think the other piece is, you know, one of the things you said in your TED Talk that really touched both Sherry and myself is, is really about retaining a sense of wonder and creativity. And sometimes you have to battle for that, right? And so really being in alignment with who you are and embracing all pieces and, you know, working around the edges to solve the things that aren't totally serving you. Really beautiful. Right. And it, it takes a lot of courage to do that. I remember once uh, the poet David White, who's a wonderful wisdom keeper, uh, he's an incredible guy. He said, it is far easier to come out on stage and read a script and be an actor or pretend you're somebody else than to walk out on stage and be yourself. And it's so true. And we need to show up every day. And a lot of people don't know how to do that in their love relationships. They they try to be what they think the other person wants them to be, or they try to do it at work. I mean, one of my big things I, I love doing is working in the corporate world with helping a team understand the mechanisms of all of the people together. And I can move people around the room and it comes alive. Like I love bringing astrology to life. And when you can see the way people are wired, then you can be at peace with it and work with it in a better way. I think that is an absolutely beautiful note to end on. Thank you so, so much from both of us for taking the time to be with us. And uh, you are both here to make a difference. And as long as you are not too careful, you're going to be great. <laughs> Thank you so much, Leslie. I'm, I'm, the biggest thing I'm taking away today is, is really focused on being yourself and allowing kind of all of ourselves to be seen. We want to thank you so much for your time. When you were kids, you were naturally like that. To That's go right. back to being like a child, 
we need to have more sense of wonder and curiosity and play and kids don't think that much about stuff they just go out and do it and that's what we all need to do a little more of that i love it perfect thanks so much to leslie thanks so much sherry and thanks to everybody listening we will catch you next time